Hello, governors. Welcome into another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. And welcome into another edition of The Clingers Have Spoken. Me and Michael just watched the episode of Survivor on this November 16th, Wednesday, and we watched it together. So normally we're through Zoom, but right now we're together. Michael is drinking uh, sparkling water right now, and uh, it looks like he enjoyed it, much like we enjoyed the episode of Survivor that we will talk to you about in just one second. Michael, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um... Two people went home, two people that I was not really attached to. So, uh, you know, all things considered, a good episode of Survivor. We didn't really see much other than the challenge and a couple tribals, but there was still good gameplay in there. So I thought that the going down to five people made it really interesting with the dynamics uh, and very helpful for the people on the bottom, in my opinion. Yeah, we talked about that last week a little bit, and... We talked about Noel having that steal a vote and how I could play a massive role. In that, I was thinking like, okay, she'd be down like two to three. But actually, she was up three to two and still decided to use it to just further enhance that move, which I thought was very interesting, which I think is a, is a great move, but ultimately won't get written off as such because everyone in her tribe voted for James, which is kind of crazy. And I'm just realizing that now. Um, but yeah, pretty, a pretty great episode of survivor. Like people are saying it's one of the best they've seen in a long time on, on Twitter. Well, I think it was a really good play by Noel, uh, regardless of the, how the votes actually came out, whether they needed to steal a vote or not. I don't think we've ever seen a steal a vote used that way as a smokescreen steal a vote so that someone doesn't play their idol or their, you know, in his case, Knowledge is power. I don't know. I guess I don't know that he knows about Carla's idol that she has. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think anybody knows. Nobody knows. So I guess he wouldn't have known to steal from Carla in that scenario. But still, I mean, I thought it was a I thought we saw some really good gameplay from Noel. You know, they, they kind of got us for a, like five seconds there when they made it look like Noel was fully in with James saying to James, hey, I'm going to play my steal a vote tonight just so we can make sure that we get Owen out so that there's no funny business, no shot in the dark. And then it went to the confessional and it showed Noel saying that this was her master plan to keep James from playing his knowledge is power, which I thought was really interesting. So, I mean, she used the steal a vote to, to essentially get rid of a knowledge is power, which is a great move by her, honestly. Like, if you're in James' spot and you're gonna, you know you're going to get voted out, you think you're going to get voted out, you're still playing your knowledge is power somehow you might just be guessing and saying do you have an idol but may he might hit on that so you know you never know so i thought it was a really good move by noel i thought that uh sammy was about to mess it all up for him though yeah that was a wild last 10 minutes of that episode regarding sammy um 
regarding Noel's move, I mean, like, she's thinking, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get out, like, who everybody right now thinks is the biggest threat of the game, which they're incorrect. But at this point in the game, everyone thinks James has all the power when we know it's not not really James. Uh, the valuable power, I guess. And then Sammy comes in, and he's like, Eric from, uh, you know, Fans vs. Favorites 2 and Fans vs. Favorites 1, he tweeted, he was like, please, for the love of God, Sammy, stop talking. Because it felt like Sammy was really going to screw something up. And he may have screwed something up, but it wasn't what we were worried about, right? Because I was thinking maybe Carla plays the idol for for James, or maybe Carla convinces Sammy to not make a big move, which would be like, and we talked about this while we were watching it, that would be such a weak thing for Sammy to just like not make the big move when he's been begging people for like three episodes to make a big move. You know, this is the move. You got to make it, right? And I think I would have been really disappointed if Sammy didn't make that move. Yeah, I thought, the more I thought about it when we were watching, it seemed like Sammy, even if he ended up voting differently than Carla and voting for James, and she, if she had still continued to vote for Owen, he would have still saved some face with Carla in that he tried to get her in on the vote to start with. And so that would have at least saved some trust and faith with her to go to her and try to get her in on the plan. Uh, And then you could say, look, I told you that you should vote for James with me and you didn't want to. And you're not my boss. If we're even players, I can still vote for who I want and you can vote for who you want. But I told you what was going down. And so I like that he was able to I was at first I really didn't like that he was trying to do this. Because I thought Carla would sniff it out or that he would say way too much. But he barely didn't say too much and uh, told Carla everything that he could without giving away the plan about the steal a vote. And that Noel was also planning on voting out James. So I thought it was a really good move by Sammy, all, all told, which is good because a lot of times I feel like we've seen these guys like Sammy come in and think that they're good players and uh they're really not but he seems to be like he's actually he's actually quite good at survivor yeah and that's kind of what i think it was a good move for him to keep attached to carla as well as everybody else but i feel like he's not as attached to noel and owen as maybe he would have been if he had just kept it between them because he's been begging owen and and noel he's been trying to get them to work together to have the numbers and make a move but kind of like if you include Carla in that in Noel and Owen's mind it's like Carla's like not our ally you know we don't we don't want to work with Carla like we want to work with you and you just told her like what the deal was like what the heck man like we were supposed to make a move and if you're telling Carla our stuff then why would we trust you again right so like i feel like Sammy by a way of getting another ally in Carla that hopefully Carla can trust him. He's kind of losing a little bit of trust in his allies that he has right now, you know? Um, and we saw that in the preview of the next episode, which I mean, they can be misleading with the previews, but like, I get it. If I'm Noel or Owen, I could totally be disappointed in that. So like, obviously I understand why he made the move, but I just, you know, we'll see if it, if it pans out for him in the long run, because it seems like it's not going to. And it's only going to help Carla. 
I mean, it seems like he 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 kind of thinks by doing this, he's putting himself in the power seat in in the game moving forward because he's still thinking I'm still with Cody and I'm still with Jesse and I'm still with Cassidy and now I'm really I'm basically unseating James's spot with Carla and I'm close with Owen and Noel so and Gabler. So I don't even know who that leaves. Like he's trying to put himself in a position where he's the middle of the game and we'll see how it works for him. I mean, he might be able to fly under the radar enough in that, you know, if, if they start to see, you know, Jesse and Cody are dangerous, people might go after them. If people start to see that Carla's a threat, they might go after her, but he's right there now. His threat level is right, right there with those people. So he, he needs to, um, now that he's done this move, lay back, survive a couple votes, and then put a nail in, in the coffin towards the end of the game. Right. I feel like you want to be in the middle with like five people left, right? Because if you're in the middle with eight, then like two votes later, you're on the outside. You know, like you want to be... Look at Carla. Right. Yeah. I mean, like... James just went home, number one ally. All she's got is Cass and then uh, Cody and Jesse, really, and Sammy, I guess. So she's still got five. She's still five strong. And, like, it's very interesting. Well, I feel like all season we said, I don't know how the season's going to go, right? I mean, other than Carlos going to win, right? Like, I know that. You may not. You may disagree, but I think Carlos going to win. And, like, when we talk about where this game could go, we're at eight, and I still have no idea. Right. Like the way it's breaking down with Cody and Jesse hanging, hanging out with Gabler. That's a wild thing that I never would have saw coming. You know, Um, it was, uh, it was very interesting to see that. And then with the blue tribe, blue tribe just went from four to two tonight. So they went from being top dog to being little dog real fast. Um, So, We'll see. I mean, Cassidy and Carla are seem like two strong players, but that's uh, kind of crazy because it looks like red and yellow are going to go at it now. Yeah, I mean, this might work out best in, in, in all for a person like Cassidy, who was a person that could have been taken, taken out because she was part of the Coco 4. And that's a threat. The Coco 4 is a threat. But she doesn't have all of the power that Carla and James and doesn't have all of the idols and advantages that they had. So her and Ryan were kind of easy targets in that in that vein. And so because she survived that vote and now we're down to eight and she's in a two with Carla, she might actually be in a really good spot. Right. Because she can kind of work with Carla, but Carla's gonna be seen as a threat before her. People are gonna come for Carla before they come for her. But for Cassidy, it's just a matter of now she has a lot of room to play. And so what sort of big flipping uh, flipping the vote moves can she pull down the stretch to get her into a place where we're going into the finale thinking she has a legitimate chance? Like Marianne, at this point last season, we would not have expected her to win. We would not have. We were thinking she was on track to be a GOAT more than track to be a winner. And so I think it could be the same thing for Cassidy. She has a lot of room to maneuver. I don't know if she'll be able to, because it seems like there's a lot of people on this season who want that agency uh, when it comes right. down to it. They've been, they've been going with the safe votes, safe votes, safe votes, 
But tonight was the first night where everybody sort of mobilized to action, where they're trying to have agency over their own games. And so I could definitely see Jesse and Cody uh, going for it. But at some point, I would think they go for each other. Yeah. Like, I don't think in a final three scenario, you really want to be in a final two with somebody because, you know, you end up there with Carla, you end up there with Sammy. Now you're splitting votes between the two of you and the other person's getting votes from people that they're close to. And so you might end up hurting yourself by going with somebody like that. So, yeah, I mean, we don't really know how it's going to break coming down the stretch. Um, I'm really not sold that Carla's going to win. Like, it's really popular over the last like 10 seasons to give the person like the biggest edit who comes in like fifth place. Right. Okay. Okay. But like it's, it was weird because they went Carla so heavy in the first like three episodes and up until tonight, she kind of disappeared. Whereas with Shan, it built every episode just like, Shan did this crazy thing today, you know, and, and obviously like she ran her course. So I'm thinking of like, I feel like the editors are probably thinking we have to show this person being like a good, a good survivor player, but we can't be too, uh, too on the nose with it. And she really only had to deal with like the first few votes. And then since the merge, she's kind of just held back. Because I think she's actually played a perfect job, and I, I still don't think people are going to expect her to be the number one threat in the game at all, especially with the numbers the way they are right now. Yes, but I think that if I'm editing the show and tonight's vote happened and I knew Carla won, wouldn't I want it to make it look like that was more her move, flipping on James? Like, wouldn't that be a big part of her story is, like, her closest ally flipping on James as our oven beeps and everyone can probably hear that on the podcast. But when you try to make that part of Carla's story is like, she gets to this point and she get votes out James, but instead they really made it look more like it was Sammy's move. Well, I think that's kind of like a fork in the road situation to me. You know, I think if she wasn't a winner, then that's like a very like minimal edit person. You maybe, maybe don't even put that in the episode that she, she had that conversation with Sammy. Like that's maybe just like a, yeah, it's time to move on. But I think that it's just like, I think they're correcting from the last two seasons of editing where they felt like they didn't put them in enough. So they did it early and now they took a hiatus. So it's not obvious that she's the winner. Like they didn't want to be like survivor China. When, if you flipped on the television at any point in that season, you're like, Oh, Todd's going to win, you know? That's that was pretty clear from the get, um, and it was pretty clear from the get with Carla. But now it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of an adventure to see how we get there. I guess, like for me personally, I mean, I also said that uh, like the that Shan, Liana, Deshaun, and Danny were going to be final four, and they clearly were not. Um, you did say that, but you know, we'll see. I I don't know. Uh, that's just that's just my hunch. Right. I mean, I could definitely see Sammy winning. I could definitely see Jesse winning. Uh, I mean, honestly, Owen has been all over the place the last few episodes here. He's been like shown very highly. Yeah. 
in the last few episodes. I mean, he's he hasn't been shown in a perfect light, but he's been on our screens a lot. He's a dynamic player. He's been involved in in this stuff. Um, you know, I mean, I think the editors are doing a great job this season. Of, I, I, I don't think there's anybody left that we are like, we don't really know this person that well. Because I think Cassidy might have been that person, but they made sure we got like a taste of her story tonight. So I think that, like, I could see this being the beginning of Cassidy's like story arc as a player. Uh, you know, now they've got that emotional ties. They've shown her kissing her sister's ashes in her necklace. Um, I could really see her taking off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought tonight's episode was all around good. We don't really know you know, what's going to happen next. Um, I'm shocked that there's still three Bacas in the game. There's three Bacas, three Vessies, and two Cocos. And I feel like the game is completely different. I kind of feel like everyone is a free agent now. Uh, Like, the only obvious pair is Gabler, I mean, not Gabler. Jesse and Cody. Jesse and Cody. And I, I mean, I guess Sammy and Owen are a pair. And Carla and Cass. And Carla and Cassie, but like, Carla's been closer to James this whole time than Cassidy. Yeah, and I mean she's been cool with Jesse, and she wants, and she's got Sammy wrapped around her finger. So, yeah. I mean, if I was, if I was like Noel, I'm like I could go anywhere. Like I could link back up with Jesse and Cody. Mm-hmm. I could link up with the Baca people I just voted with. Like I'm feeling great if I'm in a position like Noel or a position like Cassidy, where. I know that like they named like six people as threats in the uh, next time on Survivor. It's like there's eight players left. They said like five people's names. Like, right. Basically everybody going except home. for Gabler and Owen. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see a Gabler and Owen in the final three and just like I, I could definitely see Owen sitting final three and trying to make a case for himself and maybe eking a vote out. But like I, I think this game could go a lot of different ways. Uh, I think the editors have done a good job of keeping us guessing. And finally, there was a little bit of payoff with the advantages yeah. this season. Like, Is that the first one that's been played all season? Well, people keep getting voted out with advantages. Yeah. Um, people get, keep getting voted out with advantages. The first person got voted out with Knowledge is Power. Um, uh, what was that guy's name? Um, um, he was on Coco. And he came back from getting it, and he told Carla that he had it. Geo. 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 And uh, so he got voted out immediately when he had Knowledge is Power. James is now voted out with Knowledge is Power. I hope they don't bring it back into the game. Like, at this point, with eight people left... Yeah, they won't. I think it's... I mean, that's... That's not what not not what you want to do, I don't think. So I hope they don't bring that back into the game. But like Carla's still got an idol. Noelle, has she got does she have an idol? No, she had a seal of vote. She had a seal of vote. Jesse's got two of them. One of them's Cody's though. Jesse has two idols. Right. One is Cody. He probably gave that back by no, now. On the on the cryon it said Jesse has two immunity idols. So he never gave it back to Cody. Correct. Yeah, because I think the first episode after he gave him back, after they went to Tribal and he gave it to him, he was like, well, Cody hasn't asked for it back, so I have it. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Dude, if I'm Cody, I'm, I'm like asking him for it back, and if he doesn't, then I'm like, I guess I have to vote Jesse out. Yeah. Like, I don't know that he's in a position to vote Jesse out, 
But like, I think you could go to everybody and be like, Jesse has two idols, so we have to put votes on him. Well, nobody knows that Jesse has a second one. So, oh, yeah. Like, him and Carla are in, like, pretty spectacular position right now. Um, if they can get past, like, this one vote. Um, which we'll see if Jesse or, or Cody do. Yeah, I think we're about to see, like, three. Like, like I think we're about to see a lot of vote splitting at eight and seven. Um, just because that's, like, the easiest time to do it. You can get, you know, six on two, something like that. I think that this is going to be a, a good time to vote split. But then, like, you can't really vote split once you get down to, like, six. You can, you know, yeah. you're trying to do two, two, two. One person flips and you're out. Yeah. Your vote split, like, is meaningless. So I don't really know what's going to happen with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope, like, there, what's the point of them having advantages if nobody plays them? Not a single person has played a shot in the dark yet. Please, someone play a shot in the dark. <laughs> I Jeff is going to be so mad if they have he's these gotta, shot in the dark for four seasons and no one ever hits one. He's got to up. He's got to up the percentage. Like one in six is so bad. Like he needs to do like one in four or something. Well, and like now it's so hard to know when you're getting voted out. I feel like that it was already like almost a, a blindside every single time, and now it seems even more that way. And, like, there's people that go to, like, the post-game interviews, and they're like, I knew I was getting voted out. And it's like, no, you didn't. Or you would have played a shot in the dark. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, somebody's lying to you. So I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. If you're, like, if you think there's an 18% chance that the person is not lying to you, then you just vote with them. That's Because, I mean, like, it's less than a 17% chance that that shot in the dark is going to hit. So it's like, and if they aren't lying to you, then maybe you need that vote or maybe you uh, play your shot in the dark and it hits or it doesn't hit, but you go back the next, the next day and that person's like, what the heck, man? Are you serious? You know? So like, I just, I would never play the shot in the dark ever. Even if I knew that no one had talked to me all day, I would never play the shot in the dark. I would definitely threaten to play it. Well, yeah. Yeah, threatening's one thing, but doing it I is mean, a whole other thing. I mean, you threaten to play it. Like, people are so squirmish these days. They're like, they don't even want to risk that. It's like, we don't want to risk, like, putting all our votes on this person. They're going to play it. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll just act like it doesn't exist the whole time out there. And in actions and thought and speaking maybe differently. But, um, yeah. I uh, want to talk about one thing. I mentioned this last week, but there, Cody and Jesse... There was a scene where they were just talking about this is we got to break down like the numbers and we got to figure out like um, where where we want to be. And they were just sitting on the beach in red clothing. And it was just such a JT and Steven moment. Like it was just it was it was giving me flashbacks because they're the Red Tribe, two dudes that are just want to play the game together and they want to break it down and they want to. I could I would never believe that two people would take each other to the end like JT and Steven did. But I actually think that Jesse and Cody may do it. I mean, Dominic and Wendell did it. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. I mean, yeah. I think that there's... Those guys might do it, but every time they show it, it kind of looks like, you know, Cody will say something like, yeah, this is a really... This is a really important decision for us to make. And Jesse's just like, yeah, so if if 
if we go and they voted out so and so, we need to vote out so and so. That's exactly what I'm but, saying. But and and Cody's just kind of like, yeah, man, like that's wow, such, right? Hard to hard to make a decision about this. That's like because Cody reminds me so much of JT in that sense, and Jesse reminds me so much of Steven. Because Steven's like, okay, well, that's really going to change, like, the calculation here, you know? And and JT was much more like, oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It's like, wow, man. When I hadn't thought about it like that. It's, yeah, man, this is, this is serious, man. This is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. I think it would be interesting to see them in a final three and see who wins. That would be fun. That would be, that would be, that would be good. I don't think it's going to happen. I think one of them does get voted off pretty soon. Because... Yeah, numbers and stuff. You got to, I mean, you got to see it. Like, they've driven, I mean, honestly, I think they've chosen every vote, essentially, since the merge, because they are just, like, always in the middle. Right. And they're like, all right, looks like it's down to us. Who are we going to vote out? And at some point, you got to look at those people and be like, hey, we've got to vote out the middle people now. Yeah. The only, I think there are five people that haven't missed on a merge vote, and it it's Jesse, Cody, uh... And then Carla, Cassidy, and Sammy. Weird enough. So mm. it's very, very interesting. Um, we'll see if we'll see what happens. I don't know. I do have some bad news though. You know how he made those picks at the beginning of the season? Yeah. I did pick James to win the season, and by episode three, I knew that he was not. I I like James as a character. I hope he does well in life. Um, thank you for the ride of a lifetime, James, but um, kind of stinks that you didn't pull this one out for me. So um, what's up with that, buddy? I, I was, it was kind of like his time to go. I called it. Like as soon as, as, soon as I saw like the, the tribes up there, I said James was going home. You know, um, it, was just his, it was his time, right? It was his time. The frisky five people tribals, man. It's, it's tough. You, you, you do not want to be in power. At 10. If you're no. in power at 10, you're done. Like, you are done. And, like, I, I feel like you plan for that going in. Watching season 41 and 42, it's like, oh, this twist that we're going to have to split up into five, two five-people tribes? I've never heard of that before. I'm aghast, you know? Yeah, I feel like Probst is kind of acting like this is, like, the new flow of Survivor, and it's like, but isn't your whole thing about like unpredictability is good? If yeah. unpredictability is good, but then you have earned the merge every season, you have uh, a quote unquote rice negotiation, not much of a negotiation every season, and then you have you know a split tribal every season. It's not. It's at the same at the same votes, no less. Yeah, it's not really as unpredictable and fun as you think it's going to be. It's like, just cause you gave all these people these advantages doesn't make it unpredictable. Like we got a good episode tonight, but eventually that's just going to get boring and tired. Yeah. I want them to go back to no, they can be unpredictable in season 45 by doing this final two, no final four fire making. Yeah. Like final two, no final four fire making. Let's just see what happens. Right. Like, yeah. Let's get frisky. Let's just put let's just put all three of them, make them hold on to a wooden thing and then see how long they last. You know? Yeah. Last person, last person to hold it gets it. 
Right? Yeah. Like throw a tribal council. I mean, throw a ch- immunity challenge in at the end of tribal council at the tribal council set. You know, just like do do funky stuff like like they used to do. Like I feel like they're like these is the funky things that we're gonna do for the next five years, and it's like, okay. Everybody like didn't like it when you did this, and then everybody's like, it's okay that they do like knowledge, power, blah blah. That stuff is okay, but when it happens every year, it defeats the purpose. It's tough because you know whoever wins one season of Survivor may not win another season of Survivor, but like. There's a there's a balance that he's trying to strike between predictability and randomness, right? Because no one wants it to be too predictable because then we're just going to see the same thing over again, over and over and over again. But no one wants it to be too random because then who cares who wins? Like, it's just like we're watching roulette for, you know, 15 weeks. So, like, yeah. nobody wants that either. So, I understand what he's trying to do, um, but I don't know. Like, mix in, like, th- maybe you have, like, a pool of like 20, you know, things that you can pull from your, all of your survivor history and just like sparse them out. Yeah. That's what they should do. Like bring back the medallion of power for, for something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, that was terrible, but which one is that again? The medallion of power is from survivor Nicaragua season 21 when it was the old people versus the young people. And if you, if you lost, if you uh, you had the medallion of power, you could use it for an advantage in the group immunity challenge. But if you won that, then you had to give the uh, medallion of power to the other tribe. Oh, so you didn't have to use it, it but yeah, you but could choose it for of, an so advantage. So I guess that was just kind of a way to even up the playing field, I, old and young. I think it was ideally a way that they could even the playing field, but it yeah. wasn't like. But it didn't it, really it help didn't, that much. It didn't even hit. No, that was tough, man. Jimmy Johnson, what an icon. Chase Rice. Fabio. What a season. Brenda. Brenda. Oh, my gosh. What a good season of Survivor. What an awesome season of Survivor. Jane. That was Jane season two, right? Jane, yeah. Holly. Yeah. Holly. Oh, what was that guy that everybody hated? Uh, oh, he made like the Marty. final. Marty. He made like the final three. Dan? No, he's a skinny guy. His name started with an S. Oh, uh. Uh, oh man, I'll have to, yeah, I was gonna I'll say have... Shake, but that's from Love Is Blind. Oh, that's close though. I feel like I don't, you know, see. But uh, Dan from Nicaragua, he actually passed away in September. Oh so, really? Yeah. This I'm podcast sad. is in honor of Dan from Survivor Nicaragua. Yes. Thank you, Dan, for your service. Um. So you know, when we look at the rest of this, we could make rankings. I just, I feel like they'd be pretty similar, you know? Uh, number eight would be Gabler, correct? I don't know, man. Gabler, he's he's been much better at this than we thought. Do you think Gabler has a better chance to win than Owen? I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like there's there's two tiers of people. Okay. There's just two tiers, in my opinion. There's like Carla... Jesse, Cody, and Sammy, and that's the contenders. Oh, Sammy. Interesting. And then there's the other four, and they are the, like, pawns in this game. Now, they're not, 
they could do something in the next two weeks to vault themselves into the contender tier. But right now, that's kind of how I see things. Hmm. And so, like, if I'm there, if I'm one of the, if I'm one of the bottom four, I'm thinking the way that I win is to get out the top four threats so that I can go to the final three with two of these other people yeah, from my tier, which could happen. Like, it's not unheard of. Like, that's how Nick Wilson won. Well, I think, I think I, in my tiers, I feel like it's Carla, uh, Jesse, and Cody, the top three, and then the next three, Noel, Cass, and Sammy, and then the bottom two are Owen and Gabler. I think if you make it with Owen and Gabler, you win. That's the goal. Next goal would be to put, you know, throw in a middle person. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of the way I see it right now. And well, I mean, yeah. So I mean, I guess in that scenario, if, I, if that's how they if that's how they're perceiving the game, if I'm Sammy and Noel, I'm like, we need to team up, and we need to go with Owen and Gabler. And we need to take out everyone else. And then we'll battle it out at four. Yeah. Yeah. That makes 100% sense. Because, but like Sammy's trying to get good with everybody. And I don't, we'll see if that happens. But if I was playing, that's what I would, if I'm Sammy, I'm like, all right, Carla, let's ride with you and Noel and these two guys. And we'll make it through. But I don't know. We'll see. Any bold predictions for next week? Who do you think goes home? I think that Cody is going to go home next week. Mm. I really hope not. I think Jesse is is going to look him in the face at Tribal and refuse to play his idol for him. Oh, man. That would be crazy. He's going to be like, play it, man. And Jesse's going to be like, no. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> it's not happening. That's Man. what I want. Which would which would be more crazy if that happened or if Jesse got voted out with two idols? I mean, Jesse, he I could see him getting voted out with two idols. Like every week he says to the camera, like, I'm in a great position. Yeah. Like this is going so well. And like he is playing very confidently. And so, like, while I think he's a smart guy and would pick up on on that, like, I could see it. What if he plays both of them for him and Cody and all six votes are on them and then everybody just has to, like, everybody just deals with whatever Cody and Jesse thought? Man, that'd be... Good. So many possibilities. But if I have two idols this late in the game, I'm playing them both on myself. Yeah. Like, I'm going to save myself. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, play them at the next two. Boom, your final six. Right. Like, you're in the finale, basically. Your you're final six. You're target number one, but you're in the final six. Yeah, like okay, two immunity, two immunities in a fire making challenge. Like, I mean, the odds of that aren't terrible. You got what sixteen percent chance win immunity in a six person immunity challenge, twenty percent chance in a five person immunity challenge, and then a fifty fifty chance in a fire making challenge. All things considered, I, I put I put down parlays every week with worse odds than that. <laughs> <laughs> and how do those parlays pay off for you? Not very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, anything else on this episode of Survivor? No, I don't think so. 
Well, there is something else that's happening. Um, it's pretty pretty big time. Uh, Tennessee Titans are six and three. Who'd have thought after a week two we'd be sitting right here six and three? A lot of people did. Uh, I don't know. I feel like some people were calling for Malik Willis, and uh, I mean, who have we beaten though? That's the thing. The Colts twice. The Broncos. The, the thing that I can at least Texans. appreciate about this Titans team is that they make sense. Past year's Titans teams, they beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They lose to the Texans. Right. They lose to the Jets. Yeah. They lose to, lose to the Bengals. But this year, they are taking care of business against teams that suck. They're losing to good teams. And they lost to the Giants, and we thought it was going to be like one of these years where they just lose to the bad teams. The Giants are good. Yeah. The Giants are good. Look, we we lost to the Giants by a field goal. The Bills game should not have been that much of a blowout. It was. And I think that, like, if I'm, as a Titans fan, I'm like, that was a fluke. Like, right. you know, like, there was, we were right there at halftime. There was three bad plays that happened in the third quarter in a row, and we were done. We were cooked. Next thing you know, we are down three touchdowns. What are you going to do? So we can chalk that up for now. We win the Chiefs game if we have Tannehill. Right. Or if we have Traylon Burks in the game. Right. Or Kyle Phillips in the game. Yep. But no, we're throwing the ball to Conley. Can't catch the broadside of a barn door. Yep. We're throwing it to Nick Westbrook Keenan. And, and even he, like, I would expect him to catch that pass. Yeah. And he didn't. So I'm not blaming Willis, but I'm saying if Tannehill's in there, we win that game. Right. Like we have There's, a bigger margin. And, I mean, with Tannehill in there, it changes, like, the whole facet of the game because the fourth quarter, the Chiefs had, like, nine in the box the whole time. And it's like, well, I mean, we can run Derrick Henry three times, but, like, he's not going yeah. nowhere with nine in the box. Yeah, I mean, that last drive, what are we going to do? We're taking 80 yards with Malik Willis in, in 45 seconds? Like, yeah. no, it's not going to so. happen. So we've got three losses, and I would say two of them, in a parallel universe, we win. At least half the time. Yeah. You know, and so, like, I think, you know, if we play the Chiefs ten times right now, I think we probably win five. Maybe we win four. If we play the Giants ten times, I think we win six. Maybe yeah. seven. If we play the Bills ten times right now, we probably win two. Yeah. You know. But, hey, 20% chance against probably and, the best team in the league. And everybody else that we've played, like, every team in our division, play them ten times, we're going to win eight or nine. Yeah. You know, and uh, we still get the luxury of playing the Jags twice and the Texans one more time. I mean, there's literally no reason why we shouldn't win 10 games this year. And the Eagles are looking beatable. We've got them coming up. The Packers are looking way more beatable than we would have expected at the beginning of the year. Now, right. this, is, this is a must-win game for the Packers tomorrow night. Yeah. So it's not necessarily going to be um, – you know, we're coming in on a short week. Uh, we've got guys banged up. Dupree is out. Big Jeff's questionable. Uh, Tannehill's still not, not 100% on that ankle. Um, but we have a defensive front seven who stops the run, which is the thing the Packers have been doing well. And our guys are going to frustrate Aaron Rodgers. On defense. Yeah. It's not going to be open dudes. Right. It's not going to be like that. He's. We lost to the Chiefs because Mahomes ran the ball right. on us. That's why we lost to the Chiefs. Rodgers is still fairly spry, but he's not Mahomes running. 
these yeah. days. So if we can stop the run against the Packers, I'm feeling great about our chances um, because we should be able to run the ball against them. Their run defense has not been great this season. So if we can run the ball against the Packers, I'm liking our chances. Um, yeah, but next thing you know, dude, we could be we could be sitting, you know, week 15 again as the one seed. Yeah, like it's not inconceivable. It's not out of the question. Um, it's possible. So, but it I'm, could happen. I'm definitely going to prepare myself for the Titans being the four seed in the playoffs because, like, I mean, there's a lot of negativity going around. And for a team that is paying Ryan Tannehill $40 million to play quarterback, six and three is pretty impressive. Like, that's pretty good. So, I just want to say if you got on, if you get on Twitter and you complain about Malik Willis, you know, really, really take a look at yourself in the mirror at like 10 years ago, you know, see where you were then. You know, see how that goes for you. Um, like the years after CJ. Go look at those years. I'm happy to be 6-3. and three. I'm thrilled. I'm watching it as a fan. It's lovely. It's exhausting. It's heartbreaking. But it's great. This it, is a great Titan season. It, it's nice to be in the playoffs every year. Oh, yeah. I think we didn't make the playoffs from like 2009 to 2018. The first year Mariota went. Like... That's 10 years, no playoffs. Mm-hmm. We didn't win a playoff game between 2003 and 2018. Like, yeah, to be in a position where we're hosting a playoff game every year, I mean, if you've got a problem with that, like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I remember being at home and watching Blaine Gabbert try to win the AFC South against Andrew Luck Week 17. And that was like the happiest I've been as a Titans fan in a long time. And now I'm just like, I feel spoiled. We're like four seasons into the playoffs. Like it's like, who cares? You know? And I think that we need to have, I I am so sick of Patriots fans complaining about anything or Celtics fans or, or Red Sox fans. Stop complaining. Your life is good. Your life has been good. Your teams are good. And I just, I just want to, I just want to soak it in. I don't want to complain. I'd rather have a team make the playoffs 70% of the time than like compete for a championship twice and then have 10 years of awfulness, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's a personal thing, but like, I just love being competitive. I love going in every game and thinking they could, they really could win this, you know? Yeah. Even if we don't have a back, if we don't have Tannehill, even if Derrick Henry's out, we can go into LA and beat the Rams, the Super Bowl winning champion Rams, you know? Like that's, they suck this year. Well, yeah, but they beat them last year. So, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, what I'm trying to say. but I We owe Mike Vrabel a huge debt of gratitude. Yeah. yeah. It would really suck if he just got, like, had some uh, off-the-field behavior that then got him suspended and fired. Oh, gosh. Please, just don't, just don't do that. Like, please. I mean, John Robinson, though, I think that there's there's merit to saying he could be doing a better job. Sure. I yeah. mean, our, our, our guys, the only knock on Vrabel is Todd Downing. Like, yeah, that is a his... serious mark against his competence as a head coach. But other than that, he's done a great job. J-Rob, I mean... I get like, I guess it's maybe a strategy to load up on defense 
because it's cheaper to load up on defense than it is on offense. But when you're paying a quarterback this much, like you, you really like you're really strapped if you do that. Yeah, you need a top ten quarterback, and that's why I'm worried. Like, I'm worried that we're gonna trade Jeffrey Simmons or let Jeffrey Simmons walk. But I also don't want to pay Jeffrey Simmons twenty five. $30 million. Yeah. I mean, especially with the way T.R. Tar is playing. When you got Tar, when, you, when you've got a defensive line coach, defensive coordinator, defensive unit that you can run, I mean, a whole host of guys in there and we're still number one run defense even with him out. It's hard to justify. Like, like that, I can see, like, the struggle. Like, A.J. Brown, letting it, like, trading A.J. Brown, we didn't have anyone to replace him. Like, nobody. Right. And Traylon Burks has been out a lot this season, and I think he could end up being good, but it's hard to justify. I think you really don't want to let Simmons walk, but it's also hard to justify paying him that much in the offseason. They should have paid him before this season. Yeah. But now his price tag is going to be through the roof. Yeah. The A.J. Brown move made me really sad, but, like, within a couple hours of making that move, I was like, I mean, it's probably the right call, but, like, we're going to be worse this year. You know, and, and I mean, watching Traylon Burks this year, he looks like a rookie wide receiver. A.J. Brown wasn't A.J. Brown like his first year. Yeah, he know? didn't come on till the second half of that year. Yeah, so like we, let's give let's give Traylon some time. Like I would like to see some more personality of Traylon. I hope he's doing okay. No, we don't want to see personality. But like not like bad personality. People like, with personality walk because they're not getting paid enough yeah. money. I, would, I guess I would just like some assurance that he likes it here and that he's in it. Because I don't know. He's in it. Vrabel said, like, he's never seen a guy, or that he's never seen Traylon as locked in as he's been, like, rehabbing his injury. Dope. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I mean, the reports about that, like, Vrabel was, like, who doesn't really give a lot of praise in the press conference, was saying, like, he's been really impressed with how Burks has worked to rehab his injury and get back to playing. I think the dude is just, he's just a dog. He, yeah. he wants to get out there. He wants to play football. And that's what I love about this team. So we have a bunch of dudes like that. Yeah. And we let, we let a guy go who's really talented, but he doesn't have that dog in him. And so, you know. I took a, I took a photo of the last play of the Broncos game, the defense that was out there. I mean, there were probably just as many undrafted guys as there were drafted guys out there. And they, like, like the Titans drafted, I think, three of them. Like three of the eleven guys the Titans drafted, and then they signed a lot of them off of like waivers. You know, Andrew Adams was out there. Freaking uh, Dylan Cole. Yeah, Dylan Cole was out there. Uh, DeAndre Walker was out there. He was drafted, but he or yeah, Mario Edwards is out there. That's what I mean. And he was drafted pretty high, but he got cut. You know, and it's just like we're just getting these guys from all over the all over the freaking league. And they're just, they're fine. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing about J-Rob that I do like, is he will go and try to fill the back half of the roster, like, for the first month of the season. And he'll bring in a bunch of guys who suck. And they end up amounting to nothing on our team. But if you bring in 10 guys over the course of the first month, and one of them hits, it's worth it. Great, yeah. Like, it's worth it, because these guys were... Were, were non-factors. They were, they were not around. Uh, bringing in a guy like uh, Mario Edwards Jr., who was on the Jags 
practice squad. Yeah. Bringing him in, him in late September this year, and he is like highly ranked among rookies for sacks and pressures already this season. Yeah. Is okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he the guy that played at Florida State and was like fantastic? Right? I don't know. He might be. Because I'm pretty sure he was drafted pretty high and just never panned out with them. Yeah. Yeah. He was taken in the second round. And then he just found his way on the practice call. I remember watching him in college. The dude was a, he was a menace. He was drafted in the 2015 NFL draft by the Raiders. And he was a menace in college. I remember watching him. And the fact that they just got him. Like, I don't know what was going on at other teams that he was not playing well. This dude... He's a stud. Like all these, all these guys that they're just picking up off of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know if I don't know if it's like a personality thing. I don't really care to know that as long as they're not like you know criminals or you know like yeah. horrible people. But I just I don't get that. If only we could do the same thing at wide receiver and left tackle. Yeah, that we do. Out on defensive line. And I get that offense takes more continuity. So if somebody is doing a passable job, you don't really want to replace them. But, and I feel like other teams don't miss on those. You know, they like defensive linemen are a dime a dozen, but like left tackles, quarterbacks, it, it's going to take a lot of resources to just bring one of those guys in. But I love, I love the mentality of let's sign all these undrafted guys on defensive line, throw them in there, and then they become good and adequate, you know? Oh, yeah. I like, I like the way the roster's built. feels like underdog kind of a little bit every game. It's nice. Yeah, man. Well, cool. Um, yeah, it was fun doing it this year. This is your house, man. Um, it looks like we'll be back next week. Actually, we'll have to talk about that. Maybe we're back next week. Maybe we're not. Um, I'm currently working at Best Buy pretty heavily next week. Oh, it's Thanksgiving next week. Yeah, so I'm working uh, pretty much like all the time every day, Monday through uh, Saturday, minus Thanksgiving. Um, So, yeah, maybe we see you next week. Maybe not. Uh, Don't come see me at Best Buy, though, on Black Friday. I won't talk to you. If you want to come get something, come get something. But, like... If I don't talk to you, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I am probably stressed out of my mind and have not had enough sleep and just got yelled at by a different customer. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, for Michael, I'm Joel Klinger. Uh, Yeah. The Klingers have spoken. See ya. See ya.